Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Julia Chung, co-founder and CEO of Spring Planning, a financial planning firm offering advice-only personal financial services. Julia, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get into the industry? Oh, well, I started right at the front desk in an investment counseling firm, answering the phones and sorting the mail. And uh, then somebody there at the office decided maybe I was a little bit brighter than that. And he took me under his wing, uh, got me some education, brought me onto the trading desk and everything kind of blossomed from there. Well, the longer version of that should probably be in a book somewhere. <laughs> but how did uh, spring planning get started? I left the traditional financial services industry to partner with an accounting firm to create advice-only financial planning, which wasn't very common in Canada when I started it in about 2011. And so we were just trying to figure it out. Uh, We started there. After a couple of years of working in partnership with the accounting firm, I decided to go solo. And so I separated from them very amicably. They're still very good friends of mine. And I brought on my partner, Sandy Martin, who'd been running her own solo practice uh, on the other side of the country for a couple of years. And then we started working together that way. And we've brought on a couple more planners since then. Yes. And obviously you're understating it. You've grown a lot. So what does, when you say, you said something interesting, you said advice only personal financial services. What does that mean to you? Well, it means that we've separated out the thinking through the why and the how of the decisions that we're making around our finances from the sale and management of product. So I absolutely used to be involved in investment management and insurance management and the sales of those products. And what I found when I made this particular switch was that uh, there was a real shift for clients in their trust in the advice that I was giving when they realized that it kind of didn't matter to me one way or another personally um, how what options they chose for products or who they decided to uh, to have their insurance with. I was just trying to make the best decision for them based on my wide breadth of knowledge. And that really changed things. So instead of being paid for selling a product or managing wealth, we actually get paid for our advice and consulting services. And then where does, where do your clients go for the actual investment management and things like that? Well, then, you know, they'll either already have managers who don't do this, who will have sent them to us, or we'll help them find them. We have a manager search uh, offering as well. And we also help them find accountants and lawyers and insurance advisors, and sometimes even plumbers, just, you know, whatever they need. So you're almost functioning kind of like an overlay multifamily office in terms of your network of professionals that you're connecting them with. Yes, I've been trying to avoid using the words family office, but yes, it's very much like that. Right, except it's just not all in-house. You're kind of the quarterback supervising the process as opposed to also being the receiver catching the ball. 
Exactly. I like to think of it as kind of like personal CFO services. We're looking at the big picture and we're bringing in all the team members that you need. And it's always with your sort of values and projections and mission and that sort of thing in mind. So we're very much, we very much have like a broad level of knowledge that's applied. And then we bring in the people for the deep dives in particular areas. That makes a lot of sense. How are you vetting those professionals that are in kind of that trusted network? Oh, well, they go through a process. <laughs> so on my team, we have uh, Daryl, who's our portfolio planning specialist, and he takes the particular investment managers that we're working with through an interview process. And he looks at their board of directors and their investment committee and their historical approach and their current approach and their strategy. And, uh, and we look at client experience as well so that we can match because some clients like a particular experience and another client likes a different experience. So we have to match those things as well as the overall strategy and how they approach investment management. Absolutely. Who is an ideal client for you? Our ideal clients are generally those people who have a degree of tax complexity in their planning because of just my history with tax and that sort of thing. So we have people who very often family, multi-generational family businesses that, you know, all these corporations and a couple of trusts and an estate planning concern. And in Canada here, we deal with a lot of people who have uh, U.S. citizenship because U.S. citizens are taxed uh, on citizenship, not residents. So we have a lot of U.S. citizens living in Canada who realize, oh, I have to file taxes in two countries no matter where I make the money. And so there's a lot of complexity around that as well. And then how are those folks finding you? Oh, a lot of ways, usually through referral, uh, where we've got a pretty long kind of wait list. So that's, we, that's kind of our guard between us and the entire world is we usually have them through our referral network of other professionals. People can also find us on our website, but we've got kind of a, on our contact form, it says join the wait list because it is kind of a long wait list and it's not the easiest to get into. Well, congratulations on that. That says volumes to what you're delivering how, it sounds like you've done it really well. How have you managed to differentiate yourself and kind of explain the value proposition? Because you're different than a traditional investment advisor, where whether it's Merrill Lynch or you know a small independent firm, where those people are managing the money and they might be doing insurance, but they're not necessarily doing what you're doing versus the holistic planner versus all the other different options out there. How do you express that message? I think it's really about the, I like to say to people that I can speak investment manager, I can speak insurance, I can speak accountant, I can speak lawyer, I speak all those different languages, and I understand how they all work. And my key differentiator is I focus on bringing them all together. And it's, it's just that focus. I don't, I'm not trying to be the expert in law. I'm not trying to be the expert in investment management. I'm not trying to be the expert in anything. I'm your general practitioner and very clearly on your side, just by the way that I'm paid. Everybody else is on your side as well. But the way that I'm paid tells the client exactly where my motivations lie. And I think they find a lot of trust in that. What are you finding are some of their biggest issues and challenges? You mentioned the tax one. Um, what are some of the other issues they're running into that you're helping them solve? One of the ones that uh, that we talk about quite a bit, you know, behind closed doors once we're in the meeting is 
that it's hard for people to really define what a great life looks for them. And really like, what is it that I actually want? Because the world out there has told me that I should want these things. I should want to retire at 65. I should want to pass on my business and my stuff to my kids. There's all these shoulds. And really there's a lot of conversation and discussion and planning that goes around like, no, really, what does a good life look like for you? What does it look like for your family? How can we find that out from your spouse? Because maybe they're not telling you that. How can we find that out from your kids, the key stakeholders in your businesses, so that we can actually create a holistic plan that covers all of these stakeholders that gets people as close to what they really want as they possibly can and make sure that those definitions are coming from those people and not from the world of shoulds. And then what are some of the biggest mistakes that they're making that you're helping them avoid? I think some of the big ones are really are really around trying to make decisions based on the tax implications or you know optimizing your portfolio or any of the things that a lot of our deep dive experts are looking at they're saying well this is you know if we look at this in isolation this is the best way to deal with this particular type of account or this particular strategy if we're looking at it through the lens of my expertise whatever that happens to be and what happens a lot of times when we do that is we've forgotten things like oh yeah if we do this thing that's great for tax over here that's really going to mess up what's happening over here in the investment world or the insurance world. And then on top of that, hey, we didn't ask the kids if that's what they wanted. So we've created this complex, incredibly beautiful strategy with lots of memos and structures, but we even asked them if that's what they wanted and they get it and they're like, mom, dad, no. <laughs> you know, I did not want your China. I did not want your old business. And we've spent all this time and money creating something that nobody's ever talked about. That makes a lot of sense. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? A lot of it is really um, actually having to say no to people. I absolutely hate it. I've been working in service businesses for you know 25 years. In addition to spring plans, I also am the CEO of a virtual administration company called AdminSlayer. And I just, I love helping people get where they want to go. You know, say, you know, what do I do? I help people define success and then build a strategy to achieve it. And that's all I ever want to do. And what we found is we've done a great job of getting the message out. And now there's far more people than I can actually manage. So that's sort of my next horizon is figuring out what's the best way to work around that. So I can still feel really good about the people that I'm helping, that I'm helping the right people, and that those people that I can't help have places to go. Okay, so talk a little bit about Admin Slayer for just a minute. Oh, sure. Well, I created AdminSlayer sort of uh, by mistake. I had hired a virtual assistant to work with me, and she helped me launch the solo version of my firm back in 2015. And that launch went so tremendously well that a lot of business owners I knew said, oh, can I hire her? And I said, of course not. She's mine. And, <laughs> and then a lot of administrators I used to work with said, how do I get a job like this? And I was like, oh, that's obviously there's a market, there's a there's people to serve the market. Let's bring those two together. And I gave that idea to Shannon, who was my VA at the time. And she said, great, but I'm not doing this without you. And so now this company is six years old and it's serving primarily the financial services industry because that's where we got started in helping people just focus on their businesses uh, in, in a remote environment. That is awesome. How are you balancing or juggling the roles at both companies, 
managing, leading the companies, serving clients, and your personal life at the same time? Well, first of all, I don't think I have a personal life. Um, <laughs> I, I'm working on that one ever so slowly, but that one got knocked out a few years back. And, but after that, I do have the most amazing team in the world. And the reason why Spring Plans works is because of I've always trusted in the team that I have. And that team really started morphed into what Admin Slayer is today. And we have such clarity and such great communications that I'm able to focus. It's still a lot and I am juggling, but I do not work 80 hours a week. It's, you know, probably closer to 50, which is not bad when you're heading up to companies and doing all the things that I do. And it is because I have such outstanding team members who have no ego and we're all pulling together for the same things. That is awesome. You co-authored Women and Money, and you are in a stereotypically male-dominated industry, and you've built a powerhouse team that started out as some amazing women. How has that affected your trajectory, do you think? I think it's a lot. You know, like you said, I started in a male-dominated industry, and one of the reasons the pushes towards opening my own business had a lot to do with the fact that I wanted to lead and leading is important to me. And I was not quite yet 40 and female and Asian and just not a lot of people who were saying, you know what, that's our next VP of whatever. And I did absolutely apply for jobs like that and failed to get them. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll open my own business. I'll be in charge this way. And it worked really well. And partnering with other women who have had similar experiences, people who didn't see their amazing potential because of all the shoulds and all the stereotypes out there, they missed out on some awesome people. I'm more than happy to bring them on to my team. Absolutely. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? My favorite thing across the board in all of the avenues is being able to see that potential to help somebody achieve a level of success, whatever their success looks like, that they never even knew was possible. Like I can see that in each family I work with, each one of my team members, I'm like, I know what you can do. Let me help you find that. And every time I can see that growth, it's just amazingly fulfilling. You are a prolific creator of content. You've written quite a bit. Who inspires you? Who do you read? Oh, I read constantly. Um, I read quite a bit of fiction in addition to, you know, technical stuff that you have to read. I read a lot of behavioral economics as well. So I love Dana Riley and Katie Milkman. Those folks just, uh, they're amazing. I love the way they think. And Malcolm Gladwell, who's also from Canada, he's fantastic. And uh, anyways, I'll stop reading off my library shelf over there, but lots of people. I'm also a big fan of Terry Pratchett, the fiction writer who wrote Discworld. My partner, Sandy, and I trade quotes from him all the time. And, uh, and we also read a lot of science fiction. <laughs> you are giving advice every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh, that is a good question. Nobody ever got anywhere by being normal. It's the best piece of advice that I've received and passed on. That is, yeah, I can't top that. So <laughs> for our folks watching or listening who want to learn more, where is the best place for them to find you? Where is the best place for them to learn about spring plans? And obviously we have a lot of folks in the industry listening and watching this. So where is the best place for them to learn about Admin Slayer as well? Admin Slayer, you can find at adminslayer.com and Spring Plans is at springplans.ca for Canada. And I'm on both. 
I'm all over both of them. So you can find me there. All right. We will toss out a quick legal disclaimer that anything we were talking about, Julia is talking about Canadian tax issues or whatever issues those seek counsel licensed wherever it is that you are watching this. Um, This has been Seth Green with Julia Chung of springplans.ca and admin slayer. Julia, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time.